Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 254, OCD Healed Me with Annette Mers. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. In today's conversation, I'm talking with Annette Mers. And what I love so much about this conversation, what I know you're going to love about it, is the way that Annette talks about having gone through um, alcohol addiction and then OCD, obsession-focused OCD, um, and other things, and how obviously difficult and horrible it all felt at the time. And how now, not long afterward, she can look back and see that those exact struggles, like we all struggle in many ways throughout our lives, but the precise way that those struggles showed up for her were absolutely perfect in helping her to re-examine and eventually shed the limiting beliefs that she had, the identities, the limiting identities that she was holding on to through her issues. And that has had a real spiritual awakening, which is really, really beautiful to hear her talk about, which you'll hear in this conversation. But I just, I just came away like, wow, it's so amazing how we get what's absolutely perfect for us. And I know that that's not a new idea that, you know, people say that all the time, that our struggles our struggles serve us for sure. But the fact that hers showed up and maybe yours as well, like look and see that these, these things show up in the exact way they do. It's like they're cutting through our personal fixations, like the things that are, that look most real to us, the things we are most attached to. So she had to have OCD in the way that it showed up to break through exactly what she was still very identified with and fixated on. That's how it looks anyway now in hindsight and who knows how it really works, but I think that's so cool to see. So in her story, you'll hear how she went through all that, how she how it really served to wake her up um, and kind of clear her out in a sense for the work she's doing now as a coach and medium um, and intuitive. And it's it's just such a great story. So enjoy this conversation with Annetta. And if you like hearing from her, if you like how she talks and you resonate with her, I'll put all of her information um, in the show notes, her website, her Instagram, because um, she does really incredible work. Enjoy this episode. Hi, Annetta. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Hi, Amy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I, I, I sort of knew you from Instagram and then we kind of connected not long ago and, and you had mentioned that you've been through a lot of change. So just the little bit that I heard, I was like, wow, I want to, myself, I want to hear more about that. And two, I want people to hear it because it's like, yeah, I just think these, these kind of stories where things can really, really shift for people, especially when we're feeling so hopeless in right. like diagnoses and things that we don't know how to get out of, just for people to have this sense that, you know, things are always changing and they can change in really dramatic ways. I think it's just yes. so. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And that's something I've actually, just the word change itself has been coming up so much in my life. And it, if you really think about it, I feel we change every day, like every day, every minute we're changing because we become aware of something new. So it's just interesting looking back at what I went through and how much it was always happening. <laughs> so, and you can only see that in hindsight sometimes. So definitely. It's yeah. Stories. Cool. So maybe, yeah, say a little bit about um, wherever it makes sense for you to start, you know, just kind of what was going on, you know, when things were tougher and then wherever we go. Definitely. I think it's, I think it's most important to mention at least looking back at why my life went down the road it did was because I was just living. I I was just living life. No like direction. No, I don't know. And it actually sounds kind of interesting because it's kind of like, isn't that 
a good thing because you're not tied to anything. But there were a lot of attachments. I was attached to so many different things and I was living life very fear-based, very in need to have control over my life due to fear. And that ended up spiraling into, I was actually in my early 20s, right out of high school, I was in a verbally and mentally and emotionally abusive relationship that lasted for about two or three years. But that the way that manifests my life is it really solidified the, I guess, false beliefs I had about myself subconsciously, which ignited them, right? And it kind of put me into this bubble of even more fear. Um, I started drinking heavily. It got to the point where I was... my body was chemically addicted to alcohol. So I went through addiction. It didn't feel like alcoholism and I never really resonated with that label. Addiction, I think, is something more that my personality, my brain latches to. So it did. And I struggled with addiction for... I worked at a sports bar also. So that like unfolded and it was always available. But I recognized it and I was very self-aware that I was now addicted. Like I, I look at it differently now, but I told myself, my personality told myself, I'm addicted to alcohol. Like I can't stop this. And I remember driving, I would drive from, and this was when I was 32 or 33, um, this happened. I was driving. So clearly I drank for from 20 till about 33. The last several years, probably three or four years, it was a a chemical dependency. And I was driving from work one day and I would always take the same route. And that's when I recognized the habit, (laughs) even though like I knew addiction was a habit, but I really like, I looked at myself and like, oh my God, I can't even, I would stop at this one wine group, like you know, supermarket, what have you to get liquor. And I drink wine. I drink a lot of different things. But towards the end, my now husband and I moved into an apartment or a condo, I guess. And to kind of normalize drinking, I drink wine. So because that was normal with society, right? So um, I would always stop at this one store. And I found myself like wanting to go straight but I couldn't. I had to turn right and go to the store. And I remember just crying and being like, oh my God, I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm like even getting emotional about it. Um, I'm like, I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm like, I don't want this. And I didn't have, I grew up Roman Catholic, but I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't have a relationship with spirituality, nothing. So but I knew there was a God, like that's what I believed. So I prayed to God, like, help me, help me. Um, And I don't know the timeline, but I remember my husband and I, my now husband, then he was my boyfriend. um, We decided to try for a baby. We had been together for about seven or eight years at that point and six or seven years. I don't know. Timeline is, I don't recall. Um, But we tried for a baby and we tr- the first time we tried, I got pregnant. And this is, I think, the most power- powerful thing to know because you can look at it as whatever your belief system tells you, whether it's conscious or subconscious, but I believed it was divine intervention because the moment I read that pregnancy test, my dependency was gone. Like my the alcoholism, the addiction... I did not crave alcohol anymore. Like it changed in that moment. Um, And I know now thought changes chemistry, right? So like whatever it is, like spiritually looking at it, I look at it as like my energy shifted, right? My energy changed chemically, whatever. But I, I changed in that moment. So I went through my pregnancy completely sober, completely fine. When I had my son, it's like <laughs> my world turned upside down is kind of the way I describe it because I do believe during the pregnancy, 
the way I see it, he was kind of like my saving grace. He kept me safe, right, from what was about to happen. Um, but he was born November of 2016. And the moment that he was born, the moment I went off of Zoloft, or I'm sorry, not Zoloft, Norco, because I had a C-section, he, um, he was fine. I was nursing, but my mind just lost all control. Um, what I know now, just like energetically so much was happening. Um, I was hearing tons of intrusive thoughts. I was in fear mode constantly. And I think I had postpartum depression to a certain point. It wasn't depression, but I was um, crying randomly with no reason to cry, you know, so I don't know what they call that. But I ended up getting diagnosed with pure OCD in, I think, like early 2017. So I sat with it for a while. And I just like, dealt with it. And I remember the moment that I was diagnosed, which that is an interesting story, too, because it connects so beautifully to like my spiritual experiences postpartum. And during my spiritual awakening is, um, and I saw you actually just had a post about awakening or being awake or awakened. So I thought that was so interesting because I went through spiritual awakening basically. Um, but I was diagnosed with pure OCD. So it wasn't the like external habitual patterns or habits. It was all cognitive. It was internal. It was a lot of ruminating and it was just the intrusive thoughts and then the fear-based reaction. And that was constant. So was that, was that something that you would sort of experienced in different ways before your pregnancy? Or was this all like completely brand new to you? Completely brand new. It was, I never experienced intrusive thoughts. I like, which I guess the severity of these intrusive thoughts were so different mm -hmm. than ruminating or what you think thought is prior to. Um, I don't think I was ever consciously aware of intrusive thoughts prior to. It was just living, living my life, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I want you to go on with your story, but I'm just, it's so interesting, like just how that happened so quickly thereafter. And I wonder if you look back at it now, if there was some sense that like, okay, the minute I found out I was pregnant, I was done wanting alcohol. So this baby, like you said, this baby is kind of like my my savior in a sense. And now he's outside of me. Yeah. <laughs> and now I don't like now I don't have that. Or do you think anything like that was going on? Or like what do you make of it now when you look back? I think so unconsciously, maybe, but I don't I don't ever remember having a conscious thought of my baby being my savior or my I do remember knowing that he was my divine intervention post birth, like after I had, because I, ex I went through pregnancy, not knowing what to experience. I thought it was completely normal that I didn't want to have a drink anymore because I was pregnant. I thought that was normal. Um, after that, I mean, after knowing what I know now, it's actually not normal. Well, it is normal because you can change, but like, most of society, like I actually had a girlfriend who drank during her pregnancy because she had a chemical dependency. So it's normal, but it's not perceived as normal, right? So and it doesn't always happen that way. I mean, yeah. your experience happens, but it doesn't always happen. Definitely. So I don't ever remember during pregnancy looking at it as like a blessing or I was just happy I didn't have to drink anymore because I didn't want to and happy that I was going to have a baby. And that's all it felt like. It didn't feel like my life changed drastic, drastically until he was born. Yeah. So then, okay. So then you have him and like right away, you notice this uptick in all these thoughts. And like okay. you said, you lived with that for a little bit before you were diagnosed. And um, yeah. And so what was it like, I guess, once you, I don't know, anywhere in there leading up to the diagnosis or once you got the diagnosis, like how, what did you think was happening? Did you think you were going crazy? Like, did you think this is just something I need to figure out how to manage or like, what did, how was it during that time? 
it was difficult because you don't know what thought is at that point. You don't know. And I studied psychology in high school and college, but like it was just passive. And I don't think I retained anything. I don't even know if they teach you in psychology that thought is nothing. You know, thought is just energy. They don't teach you that. So I thought these were all my thoughts. I thought something horrible was happening. I didn't understand why I was thinking these thoughts. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I do know that like after I got the moment I got diagnosed though, and this is probably just me being naive to the psychological aspect of mental disorder or anything that happens in the body. I remember she diagnosed me. She's like, Oh, it's just OCD. I'm like, Oh, I could just change this. (laughs) I'm like, okay, then I'll just change it. Like, I'm like, I don't have to live with this. It's like something within me. And I don't know. I just, I just knew I could change it just by thinking that. Um, so I went on this path of like, uh-uh, I'm not going to live like this. Like, um, she explained to me what intrusive thoughts were that they weren't mine. I was prescribed Zoloft, and I remember I kept going back to her, and I did seek therapy also. But unfortunately, within anxiety disorder, I've noticed that unless you're a specialist in anxiety disorders, a lot of therapists don't even know what OCD is. Like they know like the foundation, but they don't understand. Um, And that was difficult too, because I couldn't find a therapist that can help me. We talked about everything besides what I was going through and it didn't feel supportive. Um, And then I found a different path to go down and we can go into that. But yeah, just prior to um, getting through it, I guess it was just, I thought it was all mine, you know? So Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, amazing that someone could say, Hey, these aren't your thoughts. I mean, just that alone. And really that's in a sense, that's the only thing to explore, but there's a lot to see in that, you know, like what else is there, but to see, okay, thought is safe. It's not yours. You're not doing it. Like that's kind of it. If we we could yeah. really say it in one sentence, but of course, yeah, we can really see that at a surface level or like at a very deep level. But right. it is just crazy to me, like you said, that so many people, and I've heard this from other people too, that like professionals don't really know what to do with this, or they just don't yeah. know even know really much about it. And it's so common. It's yeah. It, I mean, I guess all diagnosed things are just kind of an extension of what's already happening for everyone anyway, like anxiety, everybody feels anxious, but then sometimes it gets really big or depression or whatever. And OCD is no different. However, it shows up, you know, it's like everybody has a bunch of thinking at various times, but sometimes it really, really ramps up. But it's, yeah, it's just so weird that it's not kind of seen that way. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I personally didn't experience any kind of like, um, personal, I don't have any stories where I was just looked at as, you know, someone going through schizophrenia or anything, you know, which I think one of my biggest fears actually was losing my mind. Like for whatever reason that just lived with me, not in that moment, but throughout life. Right. So I can see that the fears that I had actually manifested in the disorder of OCD because I also think that like you keep teaching your brain to attach to fear and attach to fear-based thoughts over and over and over and over again. And you're training your brain. You're you're training it. So I, I honestly think on top of the spiritual aspects of what what I went through, it was I hardwired my brain to do that and it just exploded within like, okay, you want this, I'm going to teach you what thought actually is, you know, so I had to go through the stages of thinking it's mine. And then desiring to when, when I was prescribed, and she said, well, intrusive thoughts, they're just not yours. That was so powerful. And I believed her. And I think that was a belief that I ingrained within me. And I went down this path of trying to understand what thought actually is and the functions of the brain. And I think that's to understand myself better as a human being and this human experience is the path I went down after that diagnosis. Yeah. 
awesome. So how, yeah, so say a little bit about that. How did that go? And like, what are some of the things you you explored? Sure. So after being diagnosed, I think it actually happened. I don't remember when I started this, but I started support group on Facebook. So that first it was mothers with OCD, postpartum OCD. Um, I'm not a trained therapist. I'm not trained in anything to support women, but I needed to support other mothers in knowing that they are not alone because I'm like, oh my gosh, can you imagine all the moms and now all the just humans, you don't have to be a mom because everyone experiences intrusive thoughts, but all the moms that are going through this and think they are these horrific things and want to do these horrific things because they're hearing it or they're aware of it. So within that group, I just really, and I came, I was still suffering through it, but I came from a place of you can get through this. You can get through this. And just this belief because I knew I could. And if I can, anyone can. Like I'm no different than anyone else. There's no reason why we can't heal ourselves. There is no reason. And this is just something that I just like knew. And I don't know where I came from, but I just knew. (laughs) I think it's because you realize, well, you can heal this because you created it. Like on some level, you unintentionally created it by what you give your attention to. Um, But Within that group is where I felt called to start my own practice. Oh, I didn't mention this. So I started my own practice. But prior to that, so I had mentioned that I went to therapy. Um, that was not working. Two years prior to my diagnosis, it might have been three years prior, my husband's best friend passed away. Um, lifelong friend, best friend. He had a big group of friends. Um, and I remember we were living in our new house and this was already in 2017 sometime, like, you know, maybe five, six months after being diagnosed. It was summertime. We had a girlfriend come over and I've always been intrigued with like the supernatural, like mediumships, like not high content spirituality, but just like the unknown, you know, which Ironically, I also feared because <laughs> I wanted control, right? So she came over and she started talking about like these like phenomenon, like these spiritual experiences one of our other friends was having with our friend that kept like energetically connecting with her. I'm like, oh my gosh, tell me all about it. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this like lights me up. So I'm like, if she has any more experiences, like, I think I messaged her and I was like, please message me. Like, I like love hearing about this. Like, what are your experiences with our friend? Two weeks later, she um, messaged me and said that one of her friends who is a medium said that our friend keeps coming to her like over and over and over again. He keeps coming to her. And I'm like, what? And this woman, her name is Julia. She actually had a yoga studio, a spiritual center, maybe like 10 minutes away from my house. And she was a medium and she was an intuitive and she offered divine guidance. So I'm like, oh, let's go. And I don't know if I went with this friend or if I went by myself, but I started going to this studio and I didn't do yoga, but I was like, my friend's connecting to you. Like what's going on, you know? And There, I started practicing just really like heart-centered work, like focusing on myself, focusing on her whole thing is like, you can heal anything with self-love. And I told her what I was going through, the intrusive thoughts, like all this stuff. And she's an energy practitioner. Every medium can discern energy so well that she could discern like, this isn't only a mental disorder you're going through. You're experiencing something spiritual. The intrusive thoughts, although they're just energy, some are spirit because you are actually a medium. And I didn't know this, but I do know that what you call an empath now, throughout my whole life, like I would take on other people's energy constantly, constantly. And that's, Part of the reason I coped and used alcohol to kind of 
subside all this like energy I just did not understand. So I started going there. Um, and it was, it looks like you have a question. Do you have a question? <laughs> no, I'm just loving this. I just want to say, like, I just think it's so fascinating how, um, uh, how life just pulls you through. Do you know what I mean? Like, what the heck? Like, you just met this friend and you find yourself so fascinated with what she's sharing. And then it just totally applies to you. And I, and I just want to say too, for everyone else listening, like, it's really, really common when we find ourselves in issues like habits and OCD and things mm. like that. When we're sensitive in a sense, or everybody's sensitive, but you know, there, there's something in that that clarifies. Like we don't get it. We don't just find ourselves in these disorders because there's something wrong. You know, I think there's always a flip side. And I, I think people are used to this. Like, oh yeah, you learn through it and you go through these tough experiences. Yes, but I think it's even bigger than that. They are what ushers through change often. Like they are what we need for whatever reason. It's how it has to show up through us to kind of burst us through to what's bigger and more authentic for us. So I just, I love how that's showing up in your story. It is like, so it's the dominant factor of why I do what I do now. I, OCD healed me. Like OCD, I mean, I sit here and say OCD, but like my spiritual experiences, the disorder of OCD, because it's disorder, right? Everything I was, I had to go through the psychological you know, experience of OCD to want to know what the heck thought is. And that has propelled me to a life of observing my experiences, of understanding that thought is just energy. And I emailed you, and this is why it's so powerful because yes, the psychologist, or she wasn't a psychologist, psychotherapist, the one that prescribes, um, she said it's, you know, thought it's not yours, the intrusive thoughts, right? And when I was going through it, I, at that point, discovering that I'm a medium, I'm discovering that some of these intrusive thoughts are actually spirit, are actually spirit. But the thing is, spirit is just energy. (laughs) So even though thought is just energy, so is spirit. So it's just, I was being bombarded bombarded with, um, and it's so interesting because I look back and I'm like, why? (laughs) Like, why did I have to get bombarded with energy? I was just being bombarded with energy, but it's, it's to truly understand the depths of thought itself. And because if I hadn't gone through that and the spiritual awakening, I wouldn't have wanted to now live my life with such discernment of all energy. Um, And I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now as a profession to help other people discern what is theirs, what is not, and just separate and detach and heal, right? So um, definitely, I mean, going through OCD healed me. And that might be hard for some people to hear because it's so intense. Like it's the fear-based reaction is so like horrific, but you can get through that. And I don't, I don't know how I did. I, I just stopped giving it attention. I, I didn't do like the, the tapping. I didn't do EFT. I didn't do emotional release technique. I didn't do all, any of these. And I think everyone has their own way of healing, but the healing I was meant to go through was self-love. And within that studio, she kind of became my mentor and taught me what it is to want self-love and what it is to focus on, what to focus your energy on. So you don't focus on the frightening or the fearful or whatever has the fear-based reaction. Um, And it kind of shifted and pivoted me to retrain my brain to not focus and not have that fear-based reaction. And that's kind of how I got through it. Um, So that, yeah, that's very, I think there's so many healing modalities that everyone can go through and 
to each their own, but I think we're designed a specific way and our personalities are created a certain way dependent on our belief systems and what we are raised with to heal a certain way. And many things can work or one thing can be extremely powerful and work. So that's so huge because we're so, we're also so conditioned to look out and say, who's the best expert at this? Or what's the best approach for this in general? But that doesn't matter. Like that can be some guidance and we can try those things, but it's so intuitive and so personal. Like it has to come be just what resonates with us. And I think that goes for anything, anything we're going through and even just awakening in general, even just kind of waking up to what's bigger there. People will give you a billion different, you know, things to do, inquiries, meditations, all of this stuff. And it, it's just like, okay, dabble in that, but look for what lights you up. And, and that's so simple and obvious. If you think, if you told a kid that, that would be so easy for them, because of course they'll just do what feels right to them. But right. as adults, we're like, no, but which one's best? No, but which one did you do? And which, which one comes more highly recommended? And it, it just takes us in the wrong direction. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I know. So trusting, I mean, trust, even as I sat there within therapy, I was like, okay, this is going to help. But like, it just felt so off. Like, it just felt so off. And that therapist actually ended up leaving that practice. So it just happened so divinely also. And I find it interesting. I remember, is it the psychotherapist that diagnosed you or a therapist maybe? Yeah. Okay. So when I was sitting in the psychiatrist's office, we never talked about OCD either. Like she, she talked to me about her. She was a pastor, <laughs> number one. Number two, she talked to me about her um, spiritual experiences. Like one time I remember sitting there and she's like, oh, I believe in divine healing. I'm like, what are we talking about? And I think it's just a message that she like felt so guided to relay. But she told me how like one time her arm um, was like burned and months later it was divinely healed. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I believed her. I think I had, and this is the conditioning that you're speaking to. I think I had some sort of conditioning um, where medical professionals know what they're talking about. Like um, my grandmother was a midwife. My grandfather was an OBGYN. Um, I think it was passed down through some sort of belief system that you can trust. And of course you can't. Um, so I think when she diagnosed me, it was like her, the simplicity of, oh, it's not yours. It's like, oh, you know, so. even that, like how amazing that that's the psychiatrist you would get. <laughs> Given your belief, like I'm just going to trust, but you know, not, not conscious belief, but that you were going to just trust, you know, and then here's what you got. Like probably the one psychiatrist, not really, but the one of very few psychiatrists on the planet that's going to talk about divine healing and tell you these <laughs> thoughts aren't yours. It's amazing. I know it was, it's truly like I just all the experiences and you can, I, I grew up Roman Catholic, so I call the divine being, you know, oneness, source, God, creator, right? Whatever anyone calls it. But I do see that this was kind of an opening to something bigger than myself to surrender to. And I'm still in the process of surrendering because I think it's so hard for the personality to just let go of the personality, <laughs> like the idea of what we are and who we are and just like this non-duality and oneness that lives through us or we're extensions of it really just opened up my eyes. And I do know that like when I opened that support group, so I got introduced to you in 2019, I joined um, I went through 2017, 2018 to like heal. By the end of 2018, I did not have the neurological um, side effects or symptoms of OCD. The, the, for me, what it was is the intrusive thoughts weakened because I started distracting my mind with other things the moments I heard them. Um, 
And the same goes for all energy, being a medium and being an energy coach and just knowing that what you give your energy to expands, like the universe thinks you want more of it. So, okay. And it's not, it's this neutrality. It's this, I think, free will that we have as creators of our own reality. What you give your mind to will expand, right? And I think that's so apparent within OCD, right? The fear-based reaction, like, and looking at it as just energy, it doesn't, I look at it so differently. I don't look at it as like getting an intrusive thought about self-harm is connected to a belief system that you want to self-harm. I don't believe it that way. I think every energy has a vibration and it manifests into any kind of thought on that same vibration. So it doesn't matter um, what your belief systems are inside, but it. I do believe that going through the intrusive thoughts, some of them were pointing me to my biggest fears that had nothing to do with the like the common categories of OCD, but energetically, they were at that same level. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at everything in life right now, everything that comes to me, everything that I experience. It's just this like amazing, beautiful, interconnected world that we live in, but everything is for us. It's just the personality doesn't believe it is because it wants to, it's just crazy. It's just very interesting. (laughs) And the personality is so, I love what you're saying. Like it's so hooked in on the content and why would I think this? And what does this mean about me? And it's like, when you talk about it, it's like several steps removed. It's like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. It's not about the stories and the content. And it means something about you. There's information for you. It's all for you in a sense that we're all, we're all just this, but it's like, I, I don't know, I just get this sense of like stepping back like many, many steps and just feeling the energy of it more so than the specifics. Totally. And also redirecting like, no, this doesn't serve me. Or, you know, like choosing what you want to give your energy, choosing what you want to believe in and not believe in. And cho- like choice, you have the choice to like, design your life in any way you feel fit for you. I always say for the highest good of all, but for what kind of reality do you want to create based on, you know, what you give your energy to and just the, the attachment of wanting to be attached to everything or thinking that you're supposed to be attached to everything. Like, like you said, this says something about me is so like, um, distorted. You know, I I feel like it's, we're not supposed to live that way. Like we're just not. Yeah. So, so part of this you said was kind of a process for you of, um, seeing that this isn't you and then feeling like with a bit of distance there, like you have a choice and why would I keep staring at and repeating these thoughts? Like it, is that accurate? And then it sounds, you said something about kind of distracting. Can you say a little bit more about what that looked like? Yes. So for some reason, this, um, it's interesting when you learn your own power with choice, because I remember that I keep having this flashback to me standing in my kitchen. And I remember it's so crazy how I look at disorder because it feels like just an energy. Um, and it wants to like, well, it doesn't want to do anything. It's, it comes for a great purpose, but it feels like for me, I was able to take control of it. And this one time I was standing in my kitchen and I think it was like harm OCD came up and primarily most of my thoughts were around religion. Like, I think it's, it's a, is it scrupulous OCD? I'm not sure, but I could be saying that wrong. But that was the main topic. And that was also part of my spiritual awakening. So it was like this mixture, this mixture of energy. But I was seeing my kitchen, I remember I did start off with harm OCD. And 
that was like very frightening, obviously, right? Because I have a child, I have a baby and I, I like, I don't have control of myself. Like I, you know, all these things I thought. And I remember when it tried to shift because I, it, the intrusive thoughts shifted it. I gained control by giving my attention to something else. I would distract myself with anything that brought me joy anything that brought me joy. So looking outside at the leaves blowing, sitting in the sun, playing music when I hear an intrusive thought, just anything that would distract my attention from that to something of joy. And I know now that's how you change the neural pathways that you chemically rewire the brain to no longer give this energy, but to have a different reaction. So, but I remember I was changing my son. And I remember when like the POCD, the pedophilia OCD tried to come in. And I remember being like, no, <laughs> like <laughs> I refuse. This is not going to happen. You like, I spoke to it. Like it was something trying to take control. I was like, you do not have the power. I will not allow you to run my mind in this manner. Mm-hmm. And it, it left. It left so you and saw enough by that point where you yeah. could, like, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It, I think it's also because I was starting to do energy work and starting to understand that I still didn't have the concept of everything is just energy, but I had the concept of knowing that I can start controlling what I give my attention to. And that was dominant. Um, and that because I saw how much control I was gaining back, which is weird with OCD because you, I I think I developed OCD because of the, um, I guess, need for control. But this kind of control is different. This is like an empowering control that I speak of, like empowered control to choose how I live my life um, and not in fear, if that makes sense. So... Um, yeah, so that's kind of how it shifted. And then after POCD just did not, it just literally like in that moment left and not a single intrusive thought about that came by. That's when like the spiritual stuff started coming through. And I mean, there's a lot of energy that you suppress when you're in pain and when you have false beliefs about yourself. And what I know now is that we manifest what this is what I believe. I believe we manifest things into existence. And I believe because of my upbringing in religion and what they teach you about like good versus evil, the devil, like all this stuff, this was all, I, I feared all of this. I feared all of this religion really just taught me to fear the bad or what we perceive as bad, right? Um, And so the way that that manifested in my life was I developed intrusive thoughts about all these fear-based beliefs about like being bad or like evil or demonic things or whatever. But the thing is, it was just energy. And my mind, my personality manifested it into not something tangible, but something that it could perceive and understand. Um, and I think that's what the mind does based on belief. Like a, like a filter almost. It's like yeah. all of this energy is coming through and through your filter, it hit on all these old things that you had learned years ago. And for someone else, it's going to hit on different things. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think it's so cool. And I just want to say, like, because I, I know um, people might be hearing this and think that, the just like what you're calling kind of the distracting from it um, sounds counter to sometimes what I Mm -hmm. talk about. And I don't think it is. And I just want to be really clear about that because what I hear you saying ultimately in that is again, you followed your own intuition and on some level you knew this is not a real thing that has anything to do with me. So when these thoughts would show up, there was already enough insight where you could just shift to music or looking out the window or something else. And that was your own way of just kind of living in like, this isn't real and it's not about me. And so it isn't about like, everybody should go try to distract because 
you know, that cannot, when we're distracting from a place of still really believing that this stuff is evil and out to get us, that could just make it bigger, might make it come back worse, like suppression, but that's not what it was for you. Definitely. And I went through the like, I think I went through like a year or so of sitting with it Mm -hmm. and just facing it and feeling it and coming out on the other side of like, oh, I'm actually okay. So I went through um, that where it shifted for me and the like distraction is more so when I realized I did have control over what I give my energy to. And it was more so about like, I just don't want to entertain you anymore with my fear. <laughs> like it was very like plain and simple. So I, yes, definitely. I went through like everything that they teach you about OCD that you're supposed to do. Right. Um, and sitting with it and actually wrecking like with CBT therapy, right? Um, I think it is CBT as therapy, but, and I didn't even go through that either, but I, I feel like I went through it by myself, like without a practitioner, without show, someone to show me how to face this. So not knowing that I was doing CBT, I was doing CBT and then it transitioned into like washing my hands of it and being like, listen, like no more, no more, you know? And that's when the distraction came in of like, I'm just going to focus on the things I love. And that helped change that within me, like to the point where just the intrusive thoughts and intrusive thoughts come all the time, but I didn't have that fear-based reaction or I didn't, you know, consciously notice like the frightening, frightening energy of them, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, um, yeah, that's really helpful distinction. I think that's, I think that's so helpful. Um, Okay. So, so then what? So say a little bit about like your spiritual awakening kind of, or what came on the heels of that and kind of bringing us up to current day. Yeah. So everything I went through within my spiritual awakening, I call it a spiritual awakening because I, I really even though we are humans here on earth in this 3D realm, like having a human experience, we have a physical body. I do believe in what I have come to find that almost everything is spiritual, like because it just manifests through us. Like whatever we came here to experience in life, like how could that not all be spiritual? It just manifests in the physical as something, right? But what I started realizing that I was going through a spiritual awakening and it, it was more so to open myself up to spirituality, to start trusting something other than me. Because um, when you can, I, I grew such a relationship with actually growing up Roman Catholic with Jesus. Jesus started coming into my life um, through like these, interesting synchronicities where you just have this clear knowing you just know um i'm being supported and i'm being guided and so it started with jesus um although i'm i don't look at myself as religious now but and that transitioned into just having a belief that i'm actually being guided through something to experience something to come out on the other side to wash away all the conditioning that I've been living with, all the programming I've been living with. And that's what I looked at a spiritual awakening as like all these ideas that you have about life, about living, about who and what you are, what we all are, they were stripped away. Mm -hmm. And it was like a dark night of the soul. If you've ever heard of that term, very much so. Um, but I was meant to come out on the other side <laughs> and I think we are all meant to come out on the other side. Um, and now I live a very spiritual faith-based life, um, with my service work and with what I do, obviously it started in realizing I'm a medium and that's why I'm so receptive. And I always say, I just like the word sensitive, like I'm not sensitive. I'm just receptive to energy. And I think everyone that is, like you said, an empath or, I mean, energy's everywhere. We're all receptive to energy, you know? It's just that I was put on a path of 
learning how to discern energy so I could understand the communication of information via energy. Like it's just all coming through as guidance or information. And we are here to translate it into our lives for our personal lives, but also to help others. So um, within the support group that I started for women with intrusive thoughts who went from just postpartum to all women with intrusive thoughts, that group grew and grew and grew. And it's interesting because in knowing I was having a spiritual awakening, I like when new women came in, I just like intuitively knew, oh, she's going through the same thing I am. And she's going to come out on the other side. And she's being asked to open up to there was just so much commonality. It was crazy. Um, open up to a new way of being, a new way of thinking and a new way of being. One that serves my personality, one that serves my purpose work um, and serves others. And I recognized that I wanted to start a life coaching company to help women, but also offer intuitive guidance. Um I started going into this one Facebook group for clairvoyance development and understanding that I'm a clairvoyant. So clairvoyance is just the senses outside of our five physical senses. And we have many and everyone has them, but I fine tuned them. I started to do readings and um, understand that I was communicating energetically with just information coming through, whether it's someone that had passed away or if someone, let's say, posted a picture and they needed guidance, I was able to pick up on the energy of the problem and the solution. And what's interesting is that your work like tied everything in a pretty bow, (laughs) which is so interesting because I was going through something psychological, but also something spiritual. But when I was introduced to you, I only knew you as like my friend, um, Nancy Ruth Dean through who went through your life coaching training. I think she was certified as a psycho spiritual life coach. Um, I'm not sure if that's the title she gave or, or, or you gave, or she, you know, designed that, but that kind of resonated with me a lot. And I read your book. This was early 2019. I read your book, The um, the Little Book of Big Change. And I know you had that school, but there's something that you said, and this is why I emailed you because this was such a profound shift in my life because it allowed me to kind of, like I said, tie everything in a bow. It is the one thing I needed to hear to completely shift and understand my perspective on what was happening and why. And you said something along the lines of like, um, thought is just universal life flowing through you. And that stuck with me. And I was like, that's when the concept of everything is just energy populated. And other things obviously in that book helped me, but that one thing, it, felt so much like, remember, Annette, like what the psychiatrist told you, it's the same thing. And everything started falling into place and making sense and how we're supposed to truly just like choose what we want to attach to and not. And I, I became trained as, um, a, not a spirit, well, a spiritual life coach, I went through a certification, but I became trained as a transformational emotional intelligence life coach. But it's interesting because I started doing that work and the universe had a different plan for me because every time I, Anetta, my personality, tried to guide someone in session, I could tell that divinity was working through me and I was channeling divine life guidance. Ironically, the same thing that this mentor did, right? So my sessions went from being life coaching sessions to, and this is something I already knew I was doing. Um, I knew I was connected to, we all are, but I was aware that divinity, source, God knew better <laughs> and had um, had a particular purpose to work through me. 
um, in those sessions. So it went very much from life coaching where everything is, (laughs) interestingly enough, like the willpower approach, right? Like you will yourself into, and it felt so wrong for some reason. I don't know why, but it felt so like, all you need is a perspective shift. And you taught that also. And I realized that all that was channeling through me for this person to hear in that moment was a perspective shift. Like, I just want to cry even saying that because it's truly just looking at your experience from a higher perspective, one that will heal you. Um, And that's change. Like, that is changed on and like on every level, not just energetic, but that's healing. That's divine healing. That is, and everyone can do that. Like you don't have to be a channel. Like I believe therapists do that. I believe counselors do that. I believe anyone that is here in the line of service work, no matter what that looks like, it could be an artist service work. You're providing something, you know, to someone else. It could be anything is is offering someone an experience. And I feel like it's like that experience of within my work, having a perspective shift that that experience changes you like in that moment. Um, And it happens like in that moment, in that moment you change. So that it's, it's, and that also happens within mediumship. You look at your relationship with your loved one from a different perspective, from a higher perspective, from the energy of the perspective that will change your life because the ego, the human holds on to so much. And a lot of these things are that we suffer within, whether it's mental disorder or anything we're going through life, anything is like illusion, distortion, assumption, like all of these things that the personality believes or thinks that We just have to shift our awareness and that comes with a perspective shift. So this is why I resonate with your work so much because like, that's all you need, you know? (laughs) It's so big. I love everything you're saying. And it really is like, again, you can look back and it all makes so much sense. Like that these identities that we form, they have to, they have to be let go for bigger and different perspectives to come through for you and your work, but also personally and for all of us, for everyone. That's where that healing comes from. And what's so ironic is we dig into the personal and our will and what we want and we try to make it happen there. And then things usually just get worse. And then like life is like, yeah, no, it's not going to happen that way. <laughs> so, so let's give you this issue or let's do this where you can't hold on. You are forced to kind of let go and see new things and what a gift. And, and, but it doesn't feel like that at the time. It feels terrifying, you know, but I love yeah. stories like this where people can see, like, I feel like in everything you shared, like man, anybody with whatever they're going through can look at that and just see the breadcrumbs leading like see how life has their back how life had your back the whole time and then we can hopefully see that for ourselves so it's so awesome thank you yeah I definitely I think that's the one thing that the like my takeaway from life and this experience of everything that I went through I would do it again I would go through OCD over and over and over and over and over again to get me to where I am now because I'm so free I'm so free right now from everything that held me down. And I do believe, I so strongly believe that anyone that goes through any type of mental disorder is supposed to go through that disorder to waken up to a new way of being, like the way that they were born to be in this lifetime, whatever that means, like whether there's like, I I do believe there's purpose in everything, but whatever anyone believes about, you know, living life and universal flow and everything, I I believe there's purpose within every individual and their personality. See, it's interesting because the identity is something that also kind of comes up. Well, my life and my reality is based on the identity I have of the self either subconsciously and consciously. But at the same time, it's like, 
well, let's reframe, let's write a new identity. And I actually couldn't even do that. I, I was like, what do I, what do I now believe in? It, it felt very like restrictive to even sit here and rewrite a new identity for myself. It felt kind of like, not to just go with the flow, <laughs> like whatever experience, like life brings me with any situation, like that's, that's universal life flowing through me and creating the identity that I'm supposed to live out in this lifetime and just let it go. Let it like, let it just happen, you know? So um, it's interesting that you brought up identity because that kind of, that's interesting too. And that feels like attachment, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So we just keep getting shown what we're attached to, what's holding us back so that we can let it go and move through Mm it. Yeah. Definitely. And it really teaches a lot about just surrender. And just that is a very interesting word too, because it's kind of, I remember Nancy and I would always um, discuss Nancy being the girlfriend that knows you and introduced you to me, like what, let's surrender. Like what does surrender even mean? Like, it, like what does surrender mean? <laughs> and I, um, I understand the concept of surrendering to something greater than yourself. My mind cannot even fathom the possibilities that are out there for me. Like it cannot. Intuitively, I could probably connect to that energy and we all can. We're all intuitive. We're all energy um, that is experiencing life. And I do believe this is the thing because I do believe we have a personality and our personality also serves a great purpose, but it's like being grounded and being non-attached to that personality. That's where the purpose work is served when whatever manner that, that looks like, right? But surrendering to like, it just brings up a lot of other topics to talk about because it's like, what surrender to what surrender, you know? Um, so this is something that's been very dominant in my life and just like fully surrendering. And that's, I think that's where true change happens because surrender is non-attachment. Like, like that's the definition for me of surrender, non complete non-attachment. And I think that's where freedom lives. I think that's where peace resides and where you retrain the mind not to worry and become the observer of your reality and every experience, literally every single experience, you can, whether it's in it or right after it, you can observe it and see what was this trying to teach me. So, um, yeah, so that's interesting too. <laughs> yeah, well, we could, um, maybe I'll have you back sometime because we could have a whole conversation about that. <laughs> about I know. This little stuff, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So where can people find you if they are interested in either your groups, if you still have that group or like just all the work that you do? Yeah, so the group went dormant. <laughs> um, it's still open, but the... As someone heals, it trickles away, I think. And they, um, so that group is actually closed, but I'm primarily, I have a website. So my company's name is Solace and my website is uh, centerofsolace.com. And I'm on Instagram and that's also Center of Solace. And that's S-O-L-A-C-E. And right now I... I used to do one-on-one sessions. I still do one-on-one mediumship sessions to connect those that are still living with those that have departed for healing to begin or continue. But I primarily do, um, I wouldn't even call it life coaching, but kind of like a mentorship. Um, and it's very low state. Um, I allow spirit to guide me because I might think I know what this person needs, but their higher self, divine knows what they need to hear for healing to begin or continue. And I do programs for people to take them through it, get them through it. That was like my biggest thing um, with opening up that Facebook group for the women, like you're meant to get through it, right? So I just want to help people through what they're going through, but help them see a different perspective on what they're going through from like a higher perspective. So either Instagram or my website. I'm also on Facebook, but 
um, Instagram is my primary platform. Okay. And I'll share all the links here. So thank you. you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for this conversation. I love it. We went a lot of places, but it just, I love just the high level of it. Like it just, I don't know, like I said, it all just kind of clicks together when you look back in the rear view mirror and it's just such a, a hopeful kind of picture that I think everyone can relate to. Thank you. Yes, I hope so. I hope, you know, someone listens and hears just that one thing they need to hear, which I think that's all it takes. So thank you for having me and thank you for the opportunity. The Change Coach Home Study Course provides a foundation that allows you to help people become free of habits, anxiety, and all forms of suffering. The course focuses on your own understanding of what's true of all people and how change works. You experience your own personal transformation so that you can guide others with conviction and clarity. As your grounding deepens, you'll learn the ins and outs of having conversations that allow people to see their own health. You'll get to watch several full coaching sessions that will be debriefed and discussed. You'll get lessons on issues that commonly arise in working with others. You'll hear from seasoned practitioners such as Mavis Karn and Mark Howard. And you'll get my latest business building workshop. And that's just some of what you get. There's actually much more in this amazing course. The Change Coach Home Study course is perfect for you if you're already working with people, either as a coach, therapist, or maybe in HR, education, or business, or if you've never worked with people in this way, but you're ready to expand your grounding and see if coaching is for you. You can see all the details about this course at dramiejohnson.com slash changecoachselfstudy.com.